Let's take our declaration of understanding together. Everybody want to let's go now. I declare. That the Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. And I'm being filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. As a result of this, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. I'm pleasing him in all respects. I'm bearing fruit in every good work. And I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to his word. The word is entering my heart. It is giving me light and direction. It is healing me in every area, and it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 I said amen. amen. It looks like um, many of us were not prepared. You noticed? Uh-huh. All right, please, can you greet somebody beside you? Greet somebody beside you. Tell the person, the Lord will bless you today. Say, the Lord will bless you today. He will speak to you today. He will give you knowledge. He will give you understanding. It will give you direction. Yes, tell somebody the Lord will give you direction. Tell another person the Lord will give you direction. It will encourage your heart. Say you will hear from heaven. The entrance of the word is coming to you. It will enlighten your heart. It will enlighten your path. For that reason, let's declare as follows. One to let's go. The Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, and I'm being filled with the knowledge of his will, in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. As a result of this, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord, I'm pleasing him in all respects, I'm bearing fruit in every good work, and I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to his word. What is entering my heart? It is giving me light and direction. It is healing me in every area, and it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus, in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Now, that is convincing. I said that is convincing. Yeah, that's it. The Lord is good. Let's take our seats. Men ought always to pray and not to get tired of praying. That's what the Lord told us, and that's what we are going to do. We are going to continue to pray. Our last um, time that I was around... We, I was teaching, we began to pray for Nigeria again. I just want to remind us of some facts. If anybody ever tells you that we have prayed enough, the person is speaking for Satan. I hope you're getting my point. If anybody ever makes that statement in your presence, says we have prayed enough, the person is speaking for who? Satan. A satanic talk. The person is telling you to disobey what the Lord said. The Lord said men ought always to pray and not get tired of praying. It is not something that is, that is that, that statement, only Satan makes it. Only Satan does that. So let's bear that in mind. Men ought always to praise what Jesus said. So sometimes people will say, say that we have been praying for a long time, but now we need to do something. That is unbelief. What did I say? That is unbelief. Now, prayer does not mean you will not do what you have to do. That's not what I'm saying. But if somebody makes it seem as if, now, it is time to stop praying and start doing as if we have prayed enough. That is unbelief. Okay? Whatever you are supposed to do, you will do. Whether you are, I mean, whether you have prayed enough or not. I don't know whether you get what I mean by that. That is like, there are some assignments that God has given you. Continue to do them. If you start praying, continue to pray. If you are praying, you don't stop praying because now we have prayed enough. Because I'm reacting to what happens a lot. They try to intimidate Christians. Okay? 
You know, or somebody the other day, one of my classmates, people shared it, some, something. I said, <laughs> let me not tell you how I reacted. I was very, very angry. You make it like, eh, eh, we'll be following the God of the, 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 the Israelites that even brought the God. Are they not doing something? And I told them, I said, who told you that Christians are not doing something? No, but we are not following the God of Israel. I hope you get my point. We are following the God of Jesus Christ. I hope you get my point. It's important to understand that, okay? But I'm not trying to copy Israel as a nation. Let me not start in that one, no. Because if I start, the way, the way Christians talk about it, the Jewish, I say, listen, if you don't believe, you will die and go to hell. We have Abraham after our father. It doesn't have any meaning. I hope you're getting my point. It doesn't have any meaning. It doesn't have any meaning. That's one, you know, people will be making noise about, let me not sit there. Let me sit on my message. That's what we're supposed to preach today. I'm not trying to copy anybody. All right? The way they got their result doesn't concern me. Jesus said we ought always to pray. He said there are people gathered together and they began to do something. That's the argument that I have with a lot of times. I said, I hope you understand that the hardest working people are actually those who believe. They're not lazy people. If anybody is lazy and they say because of his faith, he's lying. He's looking for where to hide. Like I say all the time, many people come and hide behind me. That Pastor Parker does not believe in tithing. I don't have a problem with this thing. I don't believe in tithing because I don't, the way we preach it. I don't. However, if I'm the one you are following, let me see your giving record. <laughs> Do you get my point? It's not as if I doesn't believe in tithing and I'm a disciple of Pastor Wanky. Let me see your giving record. If I've never, you don't believe, you've never taken a project and said, this is my own for the kingdom or for people in need, then you are not my disciple. You're just looking for where to hide. I hope you're getting my point. People do that sometimes, okay? Now, so some people come to the church to come and hide. They believe in God. They are lazy. They are believing God. They won't walk. They are believing God. One walk is too low for them. I hope you're getting my point. I keep on saying, if you can beg, you should be able to do anything. Because there's no kind of labor that's not superior to begging. And the woman told a story, which I think is very, very instructive. He said when he was a young minister, he believes, and he said he was wrong. He acknowledges that he was wrong. He said because he was called to ministry, he shouldn't do any other thing. That's what he just believed. You're called to ministry, you focus on the ministry and nothing else. He said, but he had a church of six people. He said, how do you minister to six people and say you're in full-time ministry? He said, there's nothing like that. He said, but he did not know that time. But he was perpetually broke and hungry. He was living by miracle. God had to be working miracles for him every time. Now, this is where I'm going. So there was now a time he had to pay his rent. He said the rent was due next week. He just went to the landlord. Okay, good afternoon, sir. My name is the most reverend Andre Womack. I'm not, he didn't say that. I'm the one adding that one to it now. He said, please, oh. Your rent will be due next week. I don't have money to pay. Now, this is where I'm going. The man I told him simply, all right, come to my shop and come and walk the rent. The man needed somebody to work for him. He said, how do you tell a man you are owing? You're not willing to work. <laughs> he said, look, it didn't make sense. So under his doctrine on I'm called to ministry, he abandoned it. I went to report for work in the man's place. Those days before these days of um, uh, printing, the way we do now for photography. The man was a, div- a picture developer and printer. So he took him through a, sh- a rapid results course, uh, training, yes, on how to do photography, you know, development and printing. And, of course, he accepted to do it because the man said, all right, if you don't have money, you should be able to work. He said, I couldn't tell the man I can't work when I don't have money to pay him. He demonstrated, you know, I've been talking about the faith and faithfulness, they are the same thing. That was how God solved this problem. 
You go to a man's house every time and say, please, I don't have money, I don't need anything, whether I can help you with food. And you meet the man where he's washing his car. And then the man will leave, enter the house, bring money for you to go and eat. If you eat that food, may diarrhea do you. As the man is going inside, continue washing the car now. When he comes out with the money, he says, okay, let me just finish this one. Finish washing the car, wash it very well. Open the doors, go inside, then wash it and say, ah, I hope it's good. Then take the money he wants to give you. Some people will actually stand there. The money will leave the car. They will, he will go and bring money. They will collect and say, thank you, sir. And they will walk away back into poverty. What I'm learning is that so Christians are not lazy people. We work hard. We work hard. We don't feel too big. We rather, we'll do, I told you about the brother that met me in Port Harcourt who used to work in an oil servicing firm. They didn't pay them for months. He said, I can't go back home to go and beg. I told his friends, what can I do? He said, the only job we have is painting. He said, why not? Show me what it takes to paint. He went through his own crash course in painting houses. And he started painting. And the way he was talking to you, you see, you notice now, Ajebota. You know what they call Ajebota? Boys who have been eating butter since they were small. Butter and honey shall he eat. That's what the Bible says. That guy has been eating butter and honey since he was a child. But the guy started painting. He says, I have a wife, I have two children. Now, I'm going to emphasize again that Christians are not lazy people. The fact that we are praying does not mean we are not doing So nobody should come and intimidate you. That you Christians are always praying. You say, okay, you are adulterous. What are you always doing? But that's how I answer those people. I say, okay, those of you who don't believe in God, now solve the problem of the country now. The problem of this country, people are always praying. I say, those of you are not praying. Why have you not solved it? Why are you making it look as if because we are praying, why it's not being solved? If prayer was the problem, okay, you that's not praying, solve it. But let's bear that in mind. We, are, we pray, amen? amen? We are proud to pray. We are proud of praying. We are happy to pray. And we will never get tired of praying. Let's bear that in mind. So you're praying for a nation, you don't get tired. Look at what he said to her, through Isaiah. He said, those of you who remind the Lord, don't give him any rest. You have to bear that in mind. Isaiah chapter 62. God said from verse 6, On your walls, O Jerusalem, I have appointed watchmen. All day and all night they will never keep silent. You who remind the Lord, take no rest for yourselves and give him no rest until he establishes and makes Jerusalem a praise in the earth. Now, why did I read this? Is to show the fact that he said, when God wants to bless Jerusalem, he appoints watchmen, and the job he's given to the watchmen is to constantly pray and not to keep silent. They are to remind the Lord. Now, please notice the word remind. And then this is labor, so that's why the need for rest will come in. But he says to them, take no rest for yourselves. Give him no rest also until he establishes and makes Jerusalem a praise in the earth. What does that say to you? Every time you pray, you set up a certain kind of activity. I hope you're getting my point. Why should God need rest? He said, don't give him rest. Of course, we know that he doesn't need rest really, but he was speaking as if he was speaking to a human being. When he says that, don't give him rest. The point he was making, number one, why do we need rest? Why would the, um, the watchmen, why should they need rest? The reason why they may need rest is because the work is persistent, the work is continual, and it doesn't seem initially to be producing the kind of result that it's, they think it's produ- it should produce. 
That's why they should need rest. And that's why they are commanded not to take any rest. The reason why God gives instructions is that people usually do the opposite of the instruction that they were given. I hope you're getting my point. If you hear God says, thou shalt not steal, it means that you are likely to want to steal. So don't think it's that, and you just check the kind of stealing that is your own portion. I hope you're getting my point. Uh, there are different kinds of stealing. There are, you, there are those who stop on the road and stop a car and beat somebody. That's called armed robbery. Do you follow? But there's another kind of stealing that which you go and borrow money you don't know, you know you can't pay, and you don't really have any plan on how to pay it. It's also a form of stealing. You know, a lot of people borrow money from banks with the intent from the beginning that they will not pay. It's stealing. The other forms of stealing. Sneaking away to go and do something else, not doing what you have been appointed and paid to do, is stealing somebody's time. I hope you are getting my point. Thou shalt not steal. So once a, a, an instruction comes concerning stealing, you should know that there will be many avenues for you to steal in life. So don't say, ah, nobody, I need to do this kind of thing. No, no, look. You give an instruction, thou shalt not steal. When it says, thou shalt not commit adultery, you say, ah, thank God, we know they do that kind of thing. mm 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 Jesus said, I know, outside, but what about inside? Let him that thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. So that's just the way it is. So anytime an instruction is given, just know the opposite is natural in life. That's why you won't read any scripture where it says that that shall eat. I hope you're getting my point. Because eating is natural. But that you must eat with gladness is in scripture. Because eating with grumbling is common. <laughs> So how many pieces of meat is, is in this place? With all the work I do in this, all I get is two pieces of meat. I don't understand the kind of thing. This house needs no... Children, you're not wearing shoes again, so I can eat. You're eating, using my meat to do leather. I don't go agree. Grumbling. So that's why you are commanded to give thanks. You know, stuff like that. Because there are so many... So the opposite comes naturally. Let's not sit on that for too long. Now, what I'm going to say... So when it says, men ought always to pray, that is, they will stop praying. When it says, don't give, don't take rest for yourselves, what, are, what does that mean? After a while, you will want to rest. And when it comes to praying, you must not rest. Now, please, you, when I say not rest now, I don't mean that um, you just leave every other thing, just stay in the corner and be praying. What it means that you don't ever lose hope, you don't ever give up. Do you get my point? And even though you don't see the results, you persist. Prayer is as if you are rolling a, a, a drum up a, a hill. So, in any time you stop, it starts rolling back. So, you have to keep rolling until you get to the top of the hill and the thing gets onto the flat plane or rolls over to the other side. I hope you're getting my point here. That's why I said don't give him any rest. And take no rest for yourself. That's the first thing I was trying to say. So, why don't we want to give him any rest? Because each time you pray, he's actually doing something, even if you are not seeing it. That's why you must learn to give thanks. Let me just warn you ahead of time. You don't know who will win 2023 election. You don't know. You have no idea. Now, we all think we do. I mean, like, and what we know is based on that we are ignorant or we are informed, politically speaking. I hope I get my point. That some people are very, very informed. They've calculated so they know who will win. Some people are just aggressive. They their, their desire so they know who will win. Some people don't even know anything. They say, who did they say will win? They know that person will win. You know, they are, they are, life is full of all kinds of human beings. They don't know what's going on. I hope you're getting my point. <laughs> so all of these groups of people, you know the truth? They don't know. Including those who know, they know. Including those who are, including those who are using their aggressive desire to know. And those who are just echoing what other people know. You know, so when they are talking, you think they know what they are saying. You don't know they went to drink beer yesterday. And when people were drinking beer, 
they heard the conversation of other people, you understand? So they now come to you and be arguing with you. They used to carry me with those days like that. Say, ah, this guy knows something. Until you try asking a few questions, the person will get lost. You say, ah, he knows no book. He's just pretending. He doesn't know what he's talking about. Now, let's say something. All these groups of people, eh? listen, they don't know. I don't know. I will discover at the end who will be the president. Now, that is why, why am I saying it? Let me tell you why I'm saying it. The reason why I'm saying it is simply because whoever wins the election, I will give thanks. You know why? Because I prayed, and that person is an answer to prayer, whether I like it or I don't like it. There are only three people we know running for this election currently. Okay, let's go back them. At Abubakar Atiku, the Jagaban, P2B. It's, it told me now, so I know Shogure also is running. Then there's one other man that defeated the um, uh, Kingsley Mogalu, and Mogalu resigned immediately and said he does not believe in this kind. Anyway, Mekilo. What's the name of that fellow? Anyway, all these people. Uh, uh, okay. <laughs> you see, these are the people that uh, they said they are running for election. Me? Any one of them that wins, the moment you win, all my. Agree, the, assuming you are, I didn't agree with you. All my opposition ends there. Once they swear you in, I stop talking. Once they swear you in, I will not analyze how you won. As far as I'm concerned, the Lord is working for me. I don't care who you are, you will work for me. You will work for me. You don't have a choice. All things are mine. That's what the Bible says. That's what it means. All things are working together for your good. So we can pray and pray and pray and pray and pray. Then, you know, some people, that's one problem with prayer. When they are praying, they have the answer that they want God to give. And that's often the reason why God can't answer. It's called unbelief. You cannot make up your mind how God will answer the prayer. One of my friends, once he went to meet the landlord, he prayed, interceded. He was so sure in the spirit that the landlord is going to do what he's saying. As soon as he, the landlord said, what are you looking for in my house? He drove him away. Then he left. Like, ah, God, didn't you hear the prayer we prayed? And he was driving past. He saw a new house, stopped by. Let's make a long story short. A few weeks later, he was living in that new house. Far better than where he was coming from. And possibly, and relatively, relatively costing him less. I can't remember the absolute cost, but at least relative for the amount of comfort, it was cheaper for him. So that's when he realized that God actually answered his prayer. Not the way he expected it. I've said many young women are praying for you know, their mind. They want a rich husband. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with, with the rich, having a rich husband, but when, I'm going to, when you're going to meet him, he won't be rich. And if you are carnal, his rich is abundant wealth, materially speaking, is still 16 years away. And if, you, if a man I'm going to give to you for 60 years, 70 years, why can't you wait for 16 years? You don't know that in that 16 year period is when you will do things that will cause me to bless your children. So you see, you cannot force God to answer prayer the way. You want. All the people are saying, die by fire. Sometimes God says, no, you will not die by fire. You will be converted by water. Because if we had killed Saul by fire, there would have been no book of Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, Romans, in all those epistles that we find in the New Testament. So God said, what do I do for you? I will convert Saul by water. You will baptize him. I won't kill him. There are answers you want in this country, and the person who God says we do it as president, you don't like him. Yes, that's a matter of fact. In fact, there are people, because we are broadcasting, I won't say, there are people that I just say, let me just say something. If you have hope in any human being, the person has failed. Did you hear what I said? 
If your hope is in any person, the person has failed. So I've learned just to confuse everybody. I don't know who and all of you are not. In fact, there's somebody, I won't mention it, we are streaming and everybody has their opinion. There's some person that says that this man is good. I say he's one of them. And I have my reason for saying he's one of them. I do not know all politicians. I don't, he said, ah, but sir, some people are good, I don't know. But whether you are good or bad, see, the person who released the Israelites and made them go back home, okay, the people of God, God said, I will call you by name even though you have not known me. The guy was, he didn't care. He didn't care who he just said, what, what's your name? <laughs> well, the people of God, uh, which God? The God of Abraham. Who is Abraham? The God that created the heavens and the earth. But the other guy said his own God created heaven and earth. Are your God the same? Say, no, our God is not the same. Our own is the true God. But he also claimed his God is the true God. That's Cyrus' problem. That's how he was handling it. Say, what do you want? Want to go back home? Go now. Want to build a temple to our God? Go and build. Do you need money? Yes, give them money. Do you think the Jews said, no, unless Cyrus has been converted, we are not living, <laughs> not living the land of captivity. So whoever God wants to use to bless me, me, I don't care. Just bless me. So of all these people that are saying they are running for election now, which one of them will win? I don't know. But whoever wins, in fact, I will tell you somebody, I was just with somebody this afternoon. I told you who I will vote for. I won't tell you. I did not hear. So me and you were in the office. We're just, I said, you're the only one I'm telling you. Close that door. I told him, I said, but I may not vote for him. Ah, he said, but you said you vote for him. I said, no, even if I want him to win, I will stay at home. He said, why? I said, so he can win. I said, I've noticed that most people I vote for, they lose. <laughs> <laughs> I said, over the years. I said, once I vote for somebody. I said, so. I said, if I want this fellow to really win, maybe I will stay in my house. Now, please don't do that. I'm just joking. I hope I get my point. Now, I'm just that want to emphasize to you that I pray and pray and pray. I use my carnal mind to decide who I think would be the best person for president. I vote, and then he loses. I mean, people, people are surprised. Then the person who won, who sworn in, I start praying for him as if I was his campaign chief. That's the duty of a believer. You see me praying for the individual as if I was his chief of campaign. No, I said, he's now the president. I must wish him well. I must entreat the Lord for his sake. I must invoke wisdom for him. Listen to this. I must generate an ambience of faith for him to walk in. Because you can imagine that my classmates, this is their major discussion. Now, yes, they have not talked to anybody there. I said, but you don't fill my head with too much. I've seen the chats. I just jumped. I said, no, I'm not. I'm not. But they, 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 you see where I'm going? Last time we talked about that, I said, you guys don't understand. They said, this man comes in, he will do well. I said, lie, lie. What do you mean? I said, was Moses a bad leader? I said, did he enter the promised land? You think leadership is the only thing we need? Read your Bible. Moses was a good leader. Everybody who followed him died with the wilderness minus two. Even he himself, president, denied the promised land. Yet he was a good president. So I said to people, I said, listen, the people of God, listen. If you put your eyes on anybody, that person has failed. Before even if they swear him in. So right now I have no hope. No, I'm, not, I'm being honest with you. There's nobody. All these people that have been counting for me 
Jagaban. I have no faith in any single one of them. And I'm being sent. I don't want God to go and injure them because I put my faith in them. I remember MQ Abiola very well. I remember this campaign. That was June 12, which, was, which passed about two days ago. So this was June 14. Yes. It was not Democracy Day. I still remember the song, Hope 93. That was it, remember? Everything was hope, Hope 93. And once I went to church, and the choir in that church was singing. They were singing about Jesus Christ. He said, Naim be our only hope, oh, no be our No, they can't. That, look, please, no human being can be our hope. So after we all of us finished putting hope on MK Abiola, God said, No. Did the country die? And I can say one thing for sure that was God's best option for us at that point. Yes. Or the one were thinking God didn't think like that. He said, No. Do you know some Christians were. They were, they were grabbing the legs of God that that man shouldn't enter office. Oh, they said God never. They said not in this country that he must never run. Yeah, the rest of the country. So I don't know the one God had. All I know is that at the end, God said no. And when the man, they said, give up your mandate. Now, please, you have to understand. I'm not judging. I'm telling you what happened. When they said, give up your mandate, he said, no lie. They put him in prison. Head of state died. They wanted to bring said, on June 12th, we stand. <laughs> I don't want Ninja kill him too. It was poison. I don't know. I wasn't there. But one thing is sure, God refused him to mount the throne. Despite the fact that everybody wanted him. No, no, I want to say everybody, not everybody, tried everybody. So Christians, be careful. You can't put your hope in anybody. Don't kill the person. That's what I'm trying to say. Don't kill the individual. So I told my people that, that I'm telling you again. Why we keep on saying, what we need is a good leader? Is a line. If you say that, you don't understand anything. So I said to people, I said, all the people you are put in front now, eh? if they enter office, they will do about the same thing. There will be little variation. Let us assume the possibility is from 1 to 1,000. Most of them we do within 50 of each other. If one will do 400, okay? The lowest probably do 400. The best probably do 450, 460. All of them will be in the same uh, area. You say, why? I say, because the same followers, they have not changed one bit. People talk about it. I said, do you think those delegates were elected because they will steal money? They were random people. So some of them include those who are rooting for other candidates. If you had made those people delegates too, uh -uh, they will queue up and collect money. What they will now be saying is, I still voted my conscience. Only You've collected somebody's money. You are now voting your conscience. They are not stealing. You cannot vote your conscience if you are giving money. It's not possible. Even if you voted what you think is your conscience, you, are a, you have a stolen conscience. A stealing conscience. Because it's the same people. That's what I'm making. That's all the, the most delicate, I'm not saying all, went to collect something. I heard someone just said, let me, but we are preaching, we can't see all of those things. You understand? Know, but let's make a long story short. Those delegates, you think, you think they are part of the corrupt politicians? No. They are part of the nation, the people. So the average person, including all the making noise, they are just like that. So until there's a revival in the populace, 
There's nothing a leader wants to do that would be much different. Not because it doesn't mean well, but because the people that he's ruling over, he can't force them to enter the promised land. They either have a heart that can enter, or they don't have a heart that can enter. And if your name is Moses and you believe in God and you are the meekest of all men on the earth and you don't disobey God and you do everything God tells you, once they give you a stubborn and rebellious people, you are not going anywhere. Once the people are stubborn and rebellious, they ain't going nowhere. Say, so what do we need now? <laughs> One day, <laughs> one of my friends said something. He said, after all this, I said something like this. He said, I trying to say, if we get a good leader, he said, can't you see all these Asian countries, the good leader? I said, did you know what you said? Asian countries. Did you see African country? <laughs> now, most Asians are better. I said, but you just assume that the issue is leadership. You forgot that you identified a different set of people. I said, listen, you identified a different set of people. And usually when God wants to bless people, the Bible says he himself does not know how there's a principle there. Now, what does that mean? It means that sometimes you find the time of the blessing of God coming upon people. The natural human being will just look around and decide that thing is the cause of the blessing. I don't know whether you get my point here. Let me give an example now. Let us assume there's a young man who's been struggling, and God says, He's been working very hard, faithfully, repented of all dead works, believing God. Financially, he and his family, they are struggling. Then God says, by 2022, and he says it to angels, he probably says it to him also, I'm going to pour an abundance of material blessings upon you. Nobody hears that. Maybe even he doesn't hear it also. He's just there. And all the while, he was in Enugu as an example. And then at that time, he now gets up. Somewhere around February 2022, he now gets up and moves to where? Six months after getting to where? That's around the what now? August now, thereabouts. Okay? Business suddenly picks up. He gets one offer of a consultancy work or project to work on. He becomes very busy. He designs something. They pay him for it. He's just busy and busy and busy. Make a long story short. Two years after getting to where? You see him. Ah, ah. Good boy. Paul, how now? I'm fine. Then Paul comes down from one smart SUV like this. Ah, waiting happen. Then he says, oh, so after you've gone to eat, he takes you out to eat. He says, just wants to stop by somewhere. You see his project site. Uh, it's a new job you're working on. Uh, actually, it's my own. Eh? You see one nice house and one nice new layout. Hey. Then you come back and say, oh boy, once you move to where your life is not the same again. <laughs> that's, what, that's what I'm going to say. That's what human beings do. They say, once you, look, listen, once you're in a place, it's not moving for you, just move forward. So two moguls will decide that. <laughs> what business is he doing now? He designs this, he does this kind of project, they quickly go online, learn it, then borrow one million naira from their friends, promising to double it in payment in six months, and they go to where they rent the house, all their clients in Enugu, we forget them, look for new, <laughs> new, new people to help. They get to after two years. The car he went to with will knock engine, and they jack it up. Then you know you are the one that's been going to it to go and visit people who traveled. You remember? You go to it and say, what's that guy's name? Paul, right? And I say, ha, Philip, how now? 
Say, man, that's what life carrying me, Rishu. <laughs> this time around, now you go carry Philip, I'll go chop, go pay. <laughs> Where's that your car? He said, I want to sell this, but the guy who the price, the price was 35,000. <laughs> then you come back to Enugu. <laughs> I said, never move. <laughs> Moving is bad for you. No, that's what people, but that's what the Bible has to tell us. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. The ages, the seasons, so that the things that we see did not come out of the things that look like they apparently produced them. So faith is what helps us understand that. Without faith, there's no understanding. What am I going to say? So you find when it's time to bless a nation, when something happens, people just look around and say, ah, what is the thing that happens? Okay, they got a new president. So they now start campaigning. How, how, what is it? That particular country, how old was their president? See, the guy was 57. Okay? Our problem in this country is that people who are ruling us are more than 75 years old. We need a young leader. Then they will take visas and run to America where the president is almost 80 years. No, they will not notice that one. Because faith has not yet helped them to understand. They have not held on to faith to understand that when the season comes, it's the season first before the man. So when that season comes, God says, okay, this is a man of my purpose. You go. Go and do what I've appointed. But they will not want to make idol of that structure of a leader. Why does God bless people, a land, a people? It's because of the people inside there. I hope you're getting my point. Yes, the people there. And that's why I say this again and again. I will not stop saying it because it's the truth. Some people don't like it. But you know what? After I've meditated for a long time, prayed on this matter, and fasted, I have found out that what I'm saying is the truth. And statistically, safe, I must be correct. What I'm about to say, which I said before, it's not today. I've been saying it for a long time. There is something, you know, one man wrote a book. What's wrong with being black? At the end, they said nothing. I said, the book is not correct. Something is wrong with being black. If you are black, you have a problem. All of you are black. Even Lovett is trying to pretend like she's not black. She's, ah, pastor, you said you are black. <laughs> so I'm not, I don't mean that if you have to be as dark as me to be black. He said, what do you mean? Madam, you are black. <laughs> So the yellow people I'm pointing at. So don't say, thank God I'm not black. All of you are black. You're just a different shade of black. You're yellow black. A <laughs> lot <laughs> is good. It is not an accident. It's not coincidence. That there's virtually no nation on this earth built by black people that's developed. Mention one. Miles Morris to tell us Bahamas. One tiny island. So let us even believe Brother Miles. So less than 0.1%, because they are not up to 0.1% of the population of black people yet. You know the black country with the highest GDP is Nigeria. Yes. You have another one. You look shocked. Rise up from the dead. I mean, <laughs> you don't need to die. <laughs> yes, we have the highest GDP. You don't know that. But the most populous black nation if I start counting the, where Nigeria is in the black thing, we have the richest black man here. We have the largest black population for a nation. 
You have the highest GDP of black countries. In fact, at last I checked, was it the number one in Africa? Allah has it changed? Sometimes people make noise and say, you know, if you are watching from Kenya, the Lord loves you. I love you too. I said, I said, one day I told you, I said, all this noise you are making. Kenya's GDP is not as much as that of Lagos. I'm going to check it. So after I said it, I said, is it true? I went and checked. Of course. Kenya, the whole of Kenya, their GDP is not close to that of Lagos alone. So when they call us the giant of Africa, we may be the giant amongst the Lipushians, but at least <laughs> we're the giant. It's not a lie. We may be a one-eyed man in this center of blind people, but at least we get that eye. <laughs> so I want you to understand that we ain't joking. When they call us those names, they're not joking. When they call us the giant of Africa, the big brother, this thing they call us, it's not a lie. It's the truth. And God arranged it like that for a particular purpose. Yet, this giant of Africa has pygmy power supply. The Lipushian power supply. The Lipushian uh, what do you call it, a rail system, transport system. Um, the only thing we have, no, let me not go to the good things we have, but we just have, everything is just small compared to other people. Once President Passenger was speaking, they were talking about Nigeria is rich. They said, what do you call Nigeria is rich? He showed us the budget for Nigeria for the whole year. It was the same as that of New York Fire Department. Yes, yeah, I think it's New York State, the Fire Department. And that of Nigeria, the same budget. So, so all these noise we are making that we are... See, do you know, short, how much oil do we sell in a year? Crude. The total um, money. I don't know. I, make it also, I found out that since Euro, Ukraine war started, Russia has sold $97 billion in gas and crude oil. Since war. The war is just about 100 days Yes, just in three months, with all the sanctions, we will not buy. Uh, reduce the gas. We are going off. Right? Why? I don't, that's no wonder this guy is not even listening. In this short period, he has sold almost a hundred billion dollars. That does not include wheat. Between him and Ukraine, they are combined the world's largest exporter of wheat. Two of them produce enough wheat to feed the whole world. I know what I'm saying. So when we are calling us giant, it's giant among short people. <laughs> we are the giants. When they are rating universities, I found out that, you know, they say, ah, one of our universities hit the top 100. I will be rejoicing, top 100. Your song, out of a class of 1,000, is among the top 100. <laughs> and you are rejoicing, and that's the best in your extended family. <laughs> so that you will, you will know where you did, where you are, giant among short people, my guy. <laughs> but we are the giant. <laughs> I want us to understand that. No, there's no taking that away. But however, bear it in mind. Once we get to where other people are, bros, you should deal. So if you still want to, statistically, there's something wrong with being from Africa. The statistics shows there's a problem. I know the spiritual foundation for it. I know the spiritual foundation. But let's not be arrogant and proud. 
let's accept the fact there is something wrong. Now, what is wrong is not what I want to talk about. The reason why it's like that is spiritual. Is 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 spiritual. Is is a fundamental truth in the realm of the spirit. And God didn't bother to correct it in itself because He has given a solution to everybody. And that solution has one name. And what is the name of the solution? Christ. Thank you. It doesn't take anybody, like if they want to break ancestral causes, I say, why are you wasting your time? You cannot break ancestral causes. You see people gather meeting. Today, every ancestral cross in your life is going to be broken. The place they planted that in the family, we are going to go there and put it in the spirit. And one man said, take me to the choir. Anybody fly, and they put him in a chair. And people carried him up. Is anybody hanging between heaven and earth because of you? I hang, and I jam them. I said, look at you, men are carrying you. Those who are hanging are hanging. You hang. <laughs> they are carrying you. You are trying to harass me. The witch, nobody's carrying the witch. The witch all crossed like that. Who? By... <laughs> and the pastor just make me laugh. He just say, he say, I fly on your behalf. I said, bros, you are flying. <laughs> fly now. You mean, people are carrying you, tell me you fly on my behalf. I said, shut up and stop this, this tomfoolery. They have to break ancestral cause. I said, stop breaking anything. Just walk away from it. You can't break it. Just walk away. Just walk away. If anyone is in Christ, all curses have what? Passed away. So God didn't try to break the curse over uh, the black nations. There is a curse over them. That's not, that's not a joke. That's the truth. It's a matter of fact. Some people don't like it. They think I'm... I'm not, look, at, after all, some people are yellow, black, right? What is my own? Black, black. Thank you. So, there's no... So, this one, uh, there's no... Nobody can confuse. You know, that, some people say that they went to check. Look, I don't need... Even if you find me in, in Antarctica... Once I come out from my igloo, you say, bro, what are you doing here? You don't need to say, are you an Eskimo? I'm not an Eskimo. If you find me in the Arctic Circle, you know where I came from. Just take one glance at me and say, bro, choose one, Canada or Nigeria. Just choose. We are going back to base. I mean, are you getting my point? So I can say what I'm saying. I'm not racist. It is us. I hope you're getting my point. So I will say it again. And I find it from scripture. It's a spiritual reason. There's a curse. People say, what we need to do is come together. So that alone is a problem. That you need to come together means you will never get there because you can't even come together. And even if you were to come together, you know, because you say, well, how come we can't come together? Ah. The curse says, I will turn your heart against that of your brother. How can you come together? There's a curse like that. That I will turn the heart against that of his brother. The Lord has released the curse. Leave that. It's hanging there. You can't come together. Okay, even if you were to come together, because even if they gather, scatter it. That's how curses work. He said, well, is if God said, what do you mean is not fair? When I have provided an escape, does it matter how you got here again? The escape is whom? It's Christ. The escape is Jesus Christ. The escape is Jesus Christ. That is why, personally, because I know Christ, I don't feel inferior to anybody. I don't feel inferior to anybody. And there's some people think, hey, but when black people get to places, I say, yes. If you read this, you know, when Noah was speaking, eh, you'll understand that there is a blessing 
you tap into wants to come under the tent of Shem. That is why these so-called black people are talking about, they will get to a Shemite environment and they flourish. It's not because the brain is the same. The kidneys are the same. The heart is the same. But there is an, a spiritual ambience. And that is what the problem is. That spiritual ambience is not the color of the skin. Don't get me wrong. It's a spiritual ambience. So that's why sometimes when they come out, if they are able, you see opportunities will arise for them to you know, shine forth. But as a nation, as a group, without the preaching of Christ, they will be under for the next 1,000 years. That's a, fact, that's a matter of fact. See, that's why I preach what I preach, because I know it to be true. That is why you have to preach the gospel. To, of course, to all creation, that is a matter of fact. However, specifically, if you want these people I'm talking about, these are our brethren to come out from under a curse, preach the gospel to them. Please let me just say this, because just to help Christians, be very careful when you are getting involved in any mass movement. Watch when they start putting spirituality inside it. Because a very common, somebody analyzed it for me today in the office. He told me about his fear about some things. He chose just asked me, because we're talking yesterday, I'll, I'll follow up. One guy talked to me in the office today. He said, sir, this is my fear. Now you see where I'm going in a moment, okay? Now because I'm in Enugu, I'll speak on Eastern Nigeria matters. When uh, Nam Dekana, IPOB, and Co. started, the day every reasonable human being should have pulled out from following them, if you want this region to be blessed, was the day they start claiming we are Jews? They start claiming we are God, Kiki, Once they started, they are putting everyone under a curse. Because the only deliverance for any group of people is Christ. Once they removed Christ from the picture, walk away from them, they are putting it back into bondage. Yes. When they were doing all this, um, what they call it, Black Lives Matter, somebody pointed out to me, said, look at these people, they are satanists. That, no, he pointed a few of them to me, he said, these are these leaders. You see the kind of things they say. These guys are spiritual people, but they are satanists, some of them. What people don't know, in promising freedom, they put people into bondage. Because true freedom is only found in Christ Jesus. I have used this illustration many times. Went for some activities in Ghana some years ago, went with my wife. Part of the lineup for the social side was to visit the slave trade area. So we went to the Elmina Castle. We went to Cape Coast, Ghana. So we went to the Elmina Castle and the Cape Coast Castle. I still have the pictures. And one of the things they showed us, of course, you go around, you see all their lineup of cannons with which they defend themselves against invading navies or ships. And then, you know, you see the dungeons where they keep slaves. Then our tour guide said, he showed us, I mean, the dungeon was a bad sight. All right, it's horrible. He showed us that, of course, there was the door of no return. Once you pass through that door, you're on a ship, you are going to America. Some blacks came years, some years ago, this was hundreds of years after, and walked back through that door. Just a symbolic thing that we returned home. So that's how families were torn apart. A huge number of those slaves died in captivity in the African coast and on the ship. You down the ship, just toss you aboard. So that way they got a selection of very strong Africans. If you can make that trip, you're a strong guy, you're a strong woman. So he now pointed out to me, he said, to us, he said that right above was a chapel. So they wanted to go to church in a chapel that is, uh, the floor of the chapel is the roof of the dungeon. And he was describing the hypocrisy. It's a time that I said, they've come again. When you don't know Christ, when you don't know Jesus, when you don't know the things of the Spirit, Stop commenting. I told one of my classmates that yesterday. I said, you don't even go to church. Why are you telling us what Christians do? Do you know what we preach in church? These people are hypocrites. What do you call them hypocrites? You don't even know what we're supposed to do. 
because we are doing what you don't like. How do you know that's not what we are taught to do by Jesus Christ? You first come to church first before you can call us hypocrites. We are the only ones allowed to call ourselves hypocrites. You don't come to church, you don't know whether I'm hypocritical or I'm not hypocritical. People don't know wrong commentary on Christianity, things you don't understand, nonsense. So the guy spoke that day, I said, what's all of this stuff? You don't know. But I talked to somebody beside me, I said, you don't understand. What is this place today? Tourist site. I said, it's because of the services upstairs. I said, why is this place a tourist attraction today? It's simply because of the hypocritical services going on upstairs. To use hypocrisy. Yes, it went on for decades, I know. But by generating a spiritual atmosphere, one day slavery ended, and this place became a tourist attraction. We are here as tourists, black people, white people. Some of the people that came for that our function, they were white. I hope you're getting my point here. Now, I'm trying to emphasize the fact that what ended that slavery? What motivated people like William Wilberforce to say this is wrong? Many people don't believe it, but it's a matter of fact. American Civil War was a conscience war. I believe God revealed to, to people like Abraham Lincoln, whom God preserved for that purpose. And before that time, if I can find it, I'll read out to you. Some of their founding fathers, some of their elders had told them that this slavery thing is evil and that God is going to judge it. Because they, they said that Abraham Lincoln declared emancipation out of you know, political... You know, no, I don't believe it. After I've read enough, and I said no. That's the reason why God raised him up. And for, if you read the scriptures, all the years of slavery and the harsh treatment of the slaves, if you don't want God, if God wants to punish somebody and he sends them to your house for punishment, treat the person nice. Say, God, if you want to punish him, give him sickness, things I can't control. But in my house, he will eat. I'll give him a bed. He will walk, but I will not treat him harshly. Why? Because go and read your Bible. <laughs> As you are doing bad, God, they record them. We now tell the person he's oppressing. We are oppressing. He's the one punishing the person. And I say, don't worry. When I forgive you, <laughs> I shall turn my anger against the oppressor. Meanwhile, he was the one that sent you into the house of the oppressor. He was the one that empowered Assyria against you. Empowered Babylon. He now said, when they are done, I will now turn. He said, why? He said, because they fought that the punishment. So if God says, punish somebody for me. He said, come. The Lord said, you must be punished. Yeah? Do frog jump. Let, let, when one's leg is paining you, let me know. <laughs> then when leg is paining, you just, you go, you go, you know, I bring sorrow. You know they call sorrow? Ah, Okay. You bring bam, the pan rub him. It's stopping you. Okay, tomorrow we are going to do ten frog jumps. So you know they say I should punish you. And when you finish punishing the person, give him food. Then when God comes, He will bless you because you are not a wicked man. When the white, especially America, when they dealt very harshly with the slaves, God killed one million white people in compensation. One million. It's called the American Civil War. He killed a million whites to compensate it. If I can find that thing that one of their founding fathers said, to take me time to look for it now, so let me know, let me know, waste the time. He said, what he said was the fact that he said, I shudder when I realized that God who gave us liberty, who gave us peace, so he explained it, that is a just God, and that the way the people are turning, the way they are behaving, he said, I shot that because one day God will come and he will recompense. A few, maybe like 30 years after, 
the civil war broke out. This was Thomas Jefferson speaking. 30 years later, or a few years later, a few decades later, I can't remember this. I have the figure somewhere, but I didn't know I was going to quote it, all right? The war broke out. And eventually, one million people total. I'm combining almost one million. I'm combining both civilian and military deaths, okay? I'm combining both. Came to almost a million people. And when I read enough, I said that was God's judgment for slavery. So many years later, the son of a black person became president, Barack Obama. And I saw as he led the return of the blacks back into slavery. If they had enough sense, they would not have voted for that guy a second time. But the blacks don't understand. Imams don't understand the difference between temporal. There's what Bible calls deliverance and a better resurrection. So men rejected deliverance that they might have a better resurrection. So many times people give you deliverance. They are denying you resurrection. I say it again. People like Barack Obama offered deliverance and denied the people resurrection. Why? Because it led them back again into idol worship. Modern day, there are signs of idolatry, sexual perversion, same-sex marriage, stuff like that. There are signs of idolatry. The person will say they don't annoy God. There are signs that God is already angry. Yeah, that there's a sign of the anger of God. He removes common sense from people. A man will go and meet a man saying, now, I will marry. And everybody say they have a right. Love is love. Marriage equality. They have offended God because of, through their lack of thanksgiving. When you have been in bondage for a long time, learn to pray. It is good for a young man to bear his burden. There's something this, Jeremiah was telling us. It is there you will pray until God will forgive you. If you fight your way out of bondage, you enter into a bigger one. A vintage example is Haiti. People have blamed the French for the poverty of Haiti. Me, I see it from the angle of the spirit. Because what happened in Haiti, the slaves, the freed slaves, the servants there, they gang, to, gang up together and killed off the slave masters and took their freedom by force. And they are currently one of the poorest two nations on the earth till today. People say, is it because we are paying reparations? Maybe, because there's a lot of reparations they had to pay. However, they became poor. And you find that in scripture. When God is punishing people, you find that he said they still did not repent of their idolatry, of their demon worship. Have you ever asked yourself why? Because they never link their idolatry and their demon worship to the cause of their problems. They don't. For that reason, Haiti will still continue voodooism. They continue, yeah, they are the headquarters of voodooism. Zombieism. They have so much black power. Their juju men can cause a dead man to walk. It's called zombieism. And you continue, and, and then some of people now glorify it and call it African worship. That's the reason why you're in bondage. Because when a curse comes upon people, it leads them into things that provoke the judgment of God. So anybody who's promising you freedom, that's what I'm talking about it. Anybody promising freedom that's not showing you Christ, run away from the person. Just watch everything that's going on. Once anything is not centered around Christ, don't follow anybody. The only hope, now that's where I began it from, for this nation is for the church to arise and preach the truth. I've reasoned about, you know, I don't want to scare you so that you won't get scared. Let's focus on the positive side. But the amount of anger that's lying all over this nation, hmm? there's a reason I'm saying it. If God withdraws his mercy for a moment and it erupts, you won't be able to leave your house. You won't be able to go anywhere. With all the bad news you hear, most of Nigeria is still safe. I hope you get my point. Yeah, most. 
Actually, maybe somebody analyzed that close to 90% of Nigerians have not seen any trouble. They still get up, they go home, they go to work, they come back, they do, you know. But the little, and I'm not saying it's little as it's tiny, but I'm going to say that anywhere it happens, we hear it in the news. But I'm trying to emphasize the fact that, <laughs> and that some people are paying daily, so it doesn't spread to the rest of us. You can insult Nigerian military all you want, but it's the person was trying to explain, if you know the work they are doing, to make sure the love of this trouble doesn't go beyond where it is right now. For me, I see it as a sign of God's mercy. It's a sign of his mercy. If we provoke him and he withdraw some things, you will, we will see trouble. If I analyze somebody was giving me this afternoon, I say, ha, we have to continue to pray. We have to continue to pray. Because what keeps the mercy is that prayer. We keep on invoking the mercy of God to speak against his judgment. We need it. Listen, you know, I, I talked about Nigeria being the foremost black nation, and I, I'm trying to say something there. What will redeem the people is the knowledge of Christ. What will redeem, I didn't want to go into curse be Canaan, a servant of servants, it will be a scripture. I've met it, and people have tried to say this. I have read it again and again. I have no doubt. But let me say briefly Noah had four sons. After the flood issues happened, what, what the name of the first sons? Shem, Japheth, Okay, it's Shem, Ham, and Japheth, okay? Did I say Noah had four sons? Was that what I said? He had three sons. Noah had three sons, okay? It's Ham I wanted to talk about. Ham had four. What's the name of the sons of Ham? Canaan, Put, Mizraim, Cush. Thank you. That are the four sons. And then Moses said to them, when he was writing the story, Ham sinned. Against his father. The father looked and said, Curse be Canaan. A servant of servants he will be. Read your whole Bible, it doesn't happen anywhere. Ham cannot sin. And God jumps Ham and places a curse on his son. No, it doesn't work like that. The leprosy of Naaman is on Gehazi and his descendants. God said it himself. When he was speaking to Moses, he said, I bring my judgment on those who hate me. All right? To the, you know, you see it. So it goes through, it's from the man who hates me to his sons, different generations. That's how it goes. God doesn't jump. One reason said that curse could not have jumped Ham and gone to Canaan. Unless Canaan was the one that sinned. So the question is that how come we read curse be Canaan? The answer is simple. It was written by Moses. And Moses was going to take the land of Canaan. And it was explaining the beginning of the effect of the curse. So he gave us a history. But he was telling the people we are going to the land of Canaan. So if you look at it, you'll have known that no, the curse started with Ham. It didn't start with Canaan. And if it was on Ham, it was on his descendants. And the way curses work, you can escape. That There are different ways. But I don't know how to go into details analysis of it now. Okay? But the point I'm going to make is that that's where it began from. That's where it began from. See, this world, one of the things that God is doing is handling spirits, not just individuals. God is handling spirits. There is a spirit behind that hammock ancestry. God has to address it. There's a spirit behind that ancestry. However, if anyone is in Christ, he's taken out from that cover. And it goes into a new life. That's why it tells us that he has delivered us from the dominion of darkness. And transferred us into the kingdom of his what? 
their son. It moves us from where? The domain of what? Was it, was it darkness he said or the devil? Was it darkness he said or Satan? There's a reason why I said darkness. There's a reason why I said darkness. There's a reason. Because it was not just about Satan. It's not just about the devil. For example, a descendant of Canaan, curse be Canaan, a servant of servants will be is under the domain, the dominion of that curse. That's darkness. So he's removed from there and taken into the kingdom of his dear son. In him we have what? Redemption. Buying back from under all those curses. So anyone who will not lift up Christ, and the way you lift up Christ, Paul said that I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision, but I went everywhere to the Gentiles and preaching what? Repentance. You know, I keep on telling you, nobody should come and lie, it's not fresh, it's not fresh. No, there's repentance, it goes with faith. So if you have been delivered, and you are walking according to the, you know, to the work of the flesh, you are walking doing the deeds of the flesh, you automatically put yourself back under the influence of the curse of darkness. Thank you. You, ret- you return. So please, those who preach, want to say, valor, say, grace, does not it's all nonsense. Once you go into the works of the flesh, you go back under the domain of darkness. So when Americans elected Barack Obama, I, re- I rejoiced the night he won the election. Because for me, it was a sign. I'd been preaching this particular thing before I won the election. I saw it as a billion sign. Then the man led them into the works of the flesh, returning them into the dominion of darkness. I said, great mistake. They should have, first opportunity, they should have rejected him. I said, sir, we would rather have bondage in the flesh, but freedom in the spirit. Leave us. We don't want this. Vote for his opponent. Who will say, no, girls, you can't just be aborting pregnancy anyhow. It's called worship of Molech. Who will say, uh-uh, in this country, sorry, we will not legalize same-sex marriage. Let the black people start learning the truth of God and walking according to the light of the gospel. Let them start walking according to the light of the gospel. They will have found real freedom. Some woman, you know, they were analyzing that, do I Donald Trump? Should I? I said, look, look at you guys, better thank God for Donald Trump. So he showed the number of judges he appointed, federal judges, and not one was black. I said, yes, now you have gone back into the domain of what? Darkness. Why should they appoint the judges? I said, but this guy is a key to freedom. Because he stood up and defended your faith. He has more faith in your faith than you have in it. That man used to behave as if he was high all the time. Yeah, it's true. But in his highness... His royal highness, <laughs> he did some terrible things in righteousness. He actually spread righteousness in a way. He defended the cause of Christ. I said, my people, love Christ more than you love yourself now. Did I say he's a hypocrite? I said, at least he's hypocritizing there. A hypocrite is better than an over sinner that does not blush. That does not, that's not ashamed. Say, I did it. I'm a sinner. I will sin again. And you must recognize me. I have love for another man. I will marry him. Let that be a closet homosexual. You have more hope with God like that. The only place where God does not want you to be a hypocrite is before him. Come to him and say, oh, God, I don't die. See all this where they sing for church and I lie. Please. <laughs> then you have hope. 
But if you worship Molech, then you advertise Molech, he will kill you to the next to the fourth generation. What am I going to say? The hope for this nation is the church. Not just the church as in presence, the presence of believers, but believers who practice the truth of God and who preach it to the rest of the nation. All the while we see, we must learn to judge with righteousness. It's wrath. Open to Amos chapter 3. Let me read something, please. Amos chapter 3. I want to explain a point there so that we'll, we'll know how to pray effectively. Please. I said to us, what we are experiencing is what? Wrath. What did I say? Yes, yes. Our Americans say wrath. The wrath of God. The, yeah, that's the truth. Let me quickly say to you, let's leave this devil worship thing alone. The devil, the devil now said the devil, devil is not our problem. The devil is not our problem. There's a doctrine in very common in the body of Christ, giving all the credit for anything that appears negative to the devil. It's not scriptural. It's not accurate from scripture. Amos chapter 3. Let me just read verses 6 and 7. If a trumpet is blown in a city, will not the people tremble? If a calamity occurs in a city, has not the Lord done it? Did you read that? Is that not your Bible? He said, surely the Lord God does nothing unless he reveals his secret counsel to his servants, the prophets. A lion, I read verse 8, a lion has roared, who will not fear? The Lord God has spoken, who can but prophesy? Now listen to this, he was prophesying judgment against different nations. That's what Amos was doing. But I want to, I want to bring up from here is the fact that he said that, she, <laughs> he said, if a calamity occurs in a city, has not the Lord done it? This is how we like to read it. We Pentecostals say, has, the Lord not, uh, has not the Lord permitted it? Have you heard that before? I'm sure you have heard it before. Let me just say to you, it is not accurate to give the impression that the devil schemed around and God was just watching and he went and did what he wanted. That's not true. You see, this permit, permit thing, we have to be careful. Because if that's the case, using the language of scripture, we would have to decide that God did not create, he just permitted creation to happen. What did the Bible say? How did, how did the creation happen? No, just quote it for me. What's the next line? And God said, what did God say? What did God say? Let there be light. Say light appear if you want. Huh? Is that not what we are saying? Because if you want to use this permit, permit, what he said was, let him come. It doesn't mean he brought him. So when God says, let there be light, <laughs> it means light wanted to come. And God said, light, you can come. Now, I'm not listening something. Can you see how ridiculous it sounds? It's the same thing that happened when they say, God did not do it, only permitted. That's what I'm trying to emphasize. It's the same logic we are using. When the Bible says, the Lord did something, we say he did not. He only permitted it. Basically, I will not permit upon you the, the plagues I permitted upon the Egyptians. So he was not the one that brought plagues upon the Egyptians. He only permitted it. And we like to swallow it and go around with it. Why? We don't like the fact that plagues was brought upon people and our God is responsible. But I say to you from Scripture and by the Spirit of God, he was responsible. The angel of death did not come from hell. He was dispatched by God to go and execute his judgment. That's why he was not called the demon of death or the Satan of death. 
It was called a messenger. It was divine messaging. Is that English good? I just sounded confused just now. <laughs> what am I going to say? So anytime you see a calamity in a city, don't address the devil. Ask the Lord for mercy. That's where I'm going. When you see calamity, don't address the devil. Ask the Lord for mercy. When you have received mercy from him, then you stand and say, hey, all the agents, your work is done out of here. That's why he calls the oppression of the devil. A lot of people don't understand it. What is the oppression of the devil? Any affliction you suffer after forgiveness is called oppression. So when you see calamity in a land and they are all adulterers, turn to, don't say devil, turn to them. Repent. When you see calamity in a land and they are all corrupt, don't turn to the devil, turn to them and say repent. When you see affliction spread over a land, don't turn to the devil, turn to the people and say what is about to come. Because when you see calamity, don't think it has, it is, it's exhausted. Though. You don't know where it is going. There's one scripture that scares me sometimes. If you read Revelation, this angel began to shout, Whoa! Whoa! Why was he shouting, Whoa? He said, Because of the other trumpets that are about to sound. So he was shouting, Whoa! Whoa! Let me just read the Revelation chapter. Now, please, time will not allow me, but let me just back up to Revelation chapter 8. All right? I will read from verse. Um, okay, see. Let's start from verse 6. And the seven angels who had the seven trumpets prepared themselves to sound them. The first sounded, and there was hail and fire mixed with blood, and they were thrown to the earth. And a third of the earth was burnt up, and a third of the trees were burnt up, and all the green grass was burnt up. Calamity. Somebody say calamity. calamity. Who was blowing trumpets? Devils? On whose side are these people? The Lord's side or the devil's side? side. They were blowing the trumpets to herald the judgment of the Lord. So the first sounded hail, fire, blood, everything thrown on the earth. A third of the earth caught fire. A third of the trees burnt in the process. And all the grass burnt. Then the second angel sounded. And something like a great mountain burning with fire was thrown into the sea. We'll call it now an asteroid. Because if an asteroid hits the earth, it catches fire. And once it enters into our atmosphere, it starts burning. And there are a lot of them burning every day. That's what you call it, shooting star. Now, what happens to them is that because they are small, they are just maybe a few feet in diameter. When they hit the earth, they burn. As they are crossing our, um, the, the atmosphere, the friction of gas against them, they heat up so intensely, they burn up almost completely. Some of them are on impacting the earth. The, 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 we are coming from outer space. When you suddenly hit that density of ordinary air, they fragment. So that you see what they call a meteorite shower. Sometimes they hit the earth as tiny pebbles of rock. Good enough. That's what they ever do. Occasionally, they have destroyed trees. They hit the earth and wipe out a forest. It happened some years ago somewhere around Russia, Siberia. Destroy a whole forest. Set things on fire. Just a small piece of rock. That did not finish burning by the time it hit the earth. If one that's like one kilometer across ah, hits the earth. Hey. There's a video I saw once when one man described 
if it was possible, it's not possible, all right? For maybe a small stone, all right, to come into the earth at near the speed of light, the whole earth will vaporize. Of course, then they don't move that fast. But then they explain something. The way it will crash into the core of the earth and cause the earth, whole earth will split in two. So this is saying here is possible. The current knowledge of astronomy is not even a big deal. That's why as at now, they scan the skies, mapping all the asteroids. They are mapping them to see in case there's anyone that's coming to the... Occasionally, they find one that's like to hit the Earth in about 200 years because they map them like that. But one thing we know for sure from Scripture, one day, one will hit. And look at what the Bible says. He said, the second angel sounded and sounded like a great mountain. It's a large rock. Burning with fire was thrown into the sea. So it hit the sea. And as a result, a third of the sea became blood. And a third of the creatures which were in the sea and had life died. And a third of the ships were destroyed. An asteroid hit the earth and made it into the Atlantic or the Pacific. That's what you are seeing. <laughs> Let's continue. So the name of the star, no, the, no, verse 10. The third angel sounded, and a great star fell from heaven, burning like a torch. It's, some, it's a similar phenomenon. And it fell on the third of the rivers and of the springs of water. The name of the star is called Wormwood, and a third of the waters became Wormwood. That is bitter. And many men died from the waters because they were bitter. Number four, verse 12. The fourth angel sounded, and a third of the sun, and a third of the moon, and a third of the stars were struck, so that a third of them would be darkened. The day would not shine for a third of it, and the night in the same way. You know what it means? Agriculture is going to suffer. Now I want to bring out something here. We like to be on the earth at this point in time. I like the way you shook that head. You just wake up, you know, it's one after the other. First, you hear that um, hail and fire. Then next, something hit the ocean. And then one, a star fell. Another big asteroid, burning like one. And then then, then do something. But that's not why I'm talking about it. Why am I talking about it? Verse 13. Then I looked. And I heard an an eagle flying in mid-heaven, saying with a loud voice, Woe! Woe, woe to those who dwell on the earth because of what? The remaining blast of the trumpet of the three angels we are, which are about to sound. <laughs> I don't know whether you hear what I said. This one that have sounded, all of us said, may I not die there? And then the eagle came and said, ah, you were still here. He said, woe, that you have not seen anything yet. Anytime you, see, anytime you think you have seen calamity, Please get on your knees and say, Lord, have mercy. That's what I'm talking about. If you think you have seen trouble, get on your knees and say, Lord, have mercy. Leave the devil out, people of God. Even the devil is hiding at this point in time. That's why I'm pointing out to you, angels sounding. In the day of the anger of God, the devil they hide though. And the problem, why Christians have not helped the world, like Dr. Fagwemi says something, he's a preacher from Sokoto. 
He said things will happen and we don't interpret for the world. He said when Pentecost came, Peter came and interpreted for the people. This is that which was spoken by Joel. That in the last days, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And he began to tell them what was going on. But the problem in the church is this. We don't know. So when something happens, we don't interpret. We lie. We say it's the devil. And instead of the world to repent, they continue in their sins. When coronavirus came, the only prominent voices you heard, they were voices of confusion from the church. That uh, they want to plant microchip inside your body, and then when you are going, Bill, Bill Gates will be making you move when you don't want to move. And I heard preachers talk, and I was ashamed. Sometimes when I hear preachers say some things, eh, shame will just catch me. You know, like you just do like this. Bro, I don't know you. You know, just want to. You know, you're ashamed. As a preacher, very careful. No, you go, you open your mouth and talk. When you want to talk medical things, see a doctor first. Because sometimes people give testimony, like, oh, God, don't say that. You're embarrassing us. They tell you, I was delivered from Staphylococcus. I've heard that before in church. Or oh, you don't go to some churches. Praise God. <laughs> What's your testimony? I've been having Staphylococcus problem for the last six years. Then as daddy began to pray, Staphylococcus went away. And you know, you want to enter under the table. When your friends are there, you, say, you quickly put up the television. Why you put up the TV? Nothing. Embar- em- like they say, embarrassment. <laughs> you are embarrassed. <laughs> ha! I saw the church were just talking. I'm sorry to say it this way, but that was what we're doing. We're just talking nonsense. We did not say to people, the soul that sins, it shall die. We did not say this is a warm-up as the Lord is expressing his anger on the earth. We did not say to them that, hey, listen, except you repent, you will likewise perish. These were the things that Jesus preached. But we started saying that, you see, the devil is trying to, he's not the devil. We sinned. The world sinned. They annoyed him. They blasphemed against him. They mock him every day. There was a day, Barack Obama, after they had legalized homosexual marriages, same-sex marriage in the United States, they turned to God and told God, go to hell. Now, I've said go to hell to make it sound nice. The man I'm quoting, let me give you his exact word. He said they gave God the finger. You know what that means. How did they do it? It's simple. They took the seat of government, the seat of the leadership. They, you know, like they say, the fountain of honor for the most powerful country on the earth, naturally speaking, the most blessed nation on the earth, and they painted it in the colors of the LGBT people. The rainbow they painted was not the rainbow of Noah. It was the rainbow of telling God, you can get out of here. And the prophet looked, said, they gave God the finger, and he's going to answer. I believe people began to pray and say, God, have mercy. Because God listens to Christ for mercy. And God said, you know what I will do? This agenda will not prosper more than this. To give you guys another chance. So he raised an unlikely man. I will never have, I, I didn't take Donald Trump serious myself. When he won, he was shocked. I, I won? <laughs> what happened? All the polls said he would lose. Before they knew what was happening, states were turning Republican. It was God saying, I'll give you guys another chance. What am I trying to say? I realized over time, it's not possible for us to do some things we have been doing, and God will not answer. 
It's not possible. It's not possible. It's not possible. If you lie, we can lie. All these preachers, listen to me. I won't be ashamed to say it. Preachers that tell you that God does not punish iniquity, they lie to you. It's a lie. 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 God punishes sin. One man said that, uh, I used to say that if God does not punish America, that he will have to apologize to Sodom and Gomorrah. Now I realize that if God punishes America, he will have to apologize to Jesus Christ. I said, what nonsense. Did God not wipe out Jerusalem 40 years after Jesus rose up from the dead? Did he not die for their sin? Did he not say it by himself? That the blood of the prophets that were shed from Abel to Zechariah, we brought upon this generation that will give them more prophets to kill. Why? I want to avenge myself upon this generation. Was Jesus not, uh, I did not die by that time? I'm saying to people, God still punishes sin. He doesn't need the devil. He can't do it himself. When he wiped out all life on the earth, apart from Noah, his family, and the animals he saved, the devil was hiding under a rock somewhere. He did it by himself. He did not need the devil to do that. And I'm saying he's still judging nations still today. The Lord is still judging nations. He judges sin. He judges sin in the church. Listen to me. He judges sin in the lives, individual lives of his children. And he calls it love. God will look at you and scatter your life. Scatter your business. Scatter your ministry. Your money will disappear. He calls it love. So if I don't do it, how do I correct you? You lay up money. It's the way you carry money, you hide it, hide it, hide it. You will hide it in a place that nobody knows say, that place even exists. Not even say money is hidden there. He said, this one nobody can touch it. He said, Naira is always losing value every day. They not go catch my own. I'm going to save in dollar. If I carry to the bank now, bank will collect percentage when I'm withdrawing no. I'm going to keep it in my house. You see the place well. <laughs> if I gather like $10,000 towards something you want to do, God say, no, Wahala. And then you open that safe. You will see that two worms they met, they married, <laughs> they built a house in your safe of dollars, and their children have been feeding on your foreign currency. <laughs> Anytime you see something like that, you know what you should kneel down there and worship. Lift up your hand. Don't, just say, Father, I thank you. I want to bless you because <laughs> you know they t- what's that song go? You know they you know they use me places. How does that song go again? You know they play me while you hear. Oh God Jesus, you they bless me, Yafu Yafu. Give me the next line now. You're too good to me. You they make me wonder. Oh God Jesus, you they bless me, Yafu Yafu. What's the next line? Uh-huh. All for you, Jesus. Now that is now why? How you take me? How this warm take me? Take Mary? Take Frank? Just just now why? God, you are too much. Don't kill the worms, so just bring them out. <laughs> Say, what would you like to eat? You have eating currency. Can I bring you? <laughs> no, he does that. If you go to where you're not supposed to go, you will fall down and break your leg. And it is God, not the devil. I'm going to say, he now leaves you for the devil. He doesn't. He will flog you by himself. I don't need to tell any stranger to help me flog my kids. I can do that all by myself. Say, these children, I am the dad in the house. And they learn the fear of God. Yeah, they did. He does that. It's Qatar's arrangements I did not tell you to arrange. And he does it like Pikino. When he has beaten you, you've cried, you now put you on his leg. You now rub your back and give you sweet. That's what he does. He will bless you at the end of the day. He said, why do all of this to you that he might do you good at the end? 
is the end is always looking to. Is the end is always looking to. He wants to do you good at the end. If anybody preaches to you that God does not discipline his children by making life hard for them or hurts them, he's not telling the truth. He's not found in the scripture. The Bible says that no discipline feels good, that they all feel what? Grievous. But at the end, they walk what? Righteousness. People say God just chastises with the word. It has no meaning. It's not scripture. He only goes into that discipline when you have not listened to the word. God disciplines the church as a group. He said, if you lose your savour, men will trample you down. He disciplines nations. He judges nations. You read that book of Amos, the one we, are just, we just read a few moments ago. If you go down to the verse 1 from the beginning, he will tell you, for three sins, verse 3, Amos 1, Thus says the Lord, for three transgressions of Damascus and for four, I will not revoke his punishment. Because he treads Gilead with implements of sharp iron, so I will send fire upon the house of Hazael. And I will consume the citadels of Ben-Hadad. I will also break the gate bar of Damascus and cut off the inhabitants from the valley of Avon. And him who holds the scepter from Beth-Eden. So the people of Aram will go exile to Ker, says the Lord. For three transgressions of Gaza and for four, I will not revoke his punishment. Because they deported an entire population to deliver it up to Edom. You go down to verse 9. Thus says the Lord, for three transgressions of Tyre and for four, I will not revoke his punishment. Because they delivered up an entire population to Edom and did not remember the covenant of brotherhood. I will send fire upon the wall of Tyre and I will consume her citadels. Verse 11 says, for three transgressions of Edom and for four, I will not revoke his punishment. Because he pursued his brother with the sword, while he stifled his compassion. His anger also tore continually, and he maintained his fury forever. Uh, so, I will send fire upon Timon, and I will consume the citadels of Bozrah. For three transgressions of the sons of Ammon, and for four, I will not revoke his punishment. Because they ripped open the pregnant women of Gilead in order to enlarge their borders. So I, we can do a fire on the walls of Reba. And I will consume her citadels. And walk amid war cries on the day of battle. And a storm on the day of tempest. The king will go into exile. He and his princes together. Says the Lord. I can continue reading like that, you see. God judges nations. He judges iniquities. He judges iniquities. When people will not obey the righteousness of God, their nation comes under judgment. Anytime you see anger in the land, anytime you see the staff of bread being broken, one man said, why are we still printing 10 naira? He can't buy anything anymore. I said, the staff of bread has been broken. There was no peace to him that went out or him that came returned in. It's the anger of God manifested on the roads. While that is from Revelation, you see one angel blows, another blows, and you say, man, things are so bad. And an eagle flies and say, whoa, whoa, whoa. You don't know what's about to happen. There are three more angels about to blow. That is, imagine that what the world is going through right now, in the midst of this, an epidemic of Ebola starts ravaging the land. What would you say? There are times people just wake up and say, there's no need to wake up. They want to sleep. They say, what are we sleeping for? They look and say, what is this life about? 
you bring a gun that will be happy to die with a single shot because of what their eyes have seen. He said, in spite of all this, his anger is not turned away. It happens. What am I saying? People of God. Yes. I was supposed to start from here. Let me just say it. I didn't want to say this, but the Spirit says I must say it like that. Woe to him that he thinks the problem of this nation is one political party or one president or an ethnic group. Woe. They will not see when good comes. The people of God must learn to descend the anger of God and learn to pray in such a manner that the anger will be turned around. I hope you are getting my point. Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. Let your light so shine. It's important. This nation has no hope, has no, has no, which other word for hope? Has no future. Except the church arises and starts shining. I preached that on Saturday. By the word of prophecy. I'm giving it to you again. This nation has no hope. See, you just keep on postponing your hope every four years. You know, they are trying to shout, hey, this candidate is good. I said, this was how you said eight years ago. You said it again now. I remember eight years ago, one of my colleagues in the office, I still remember eight years ago, swearing heaven and earth. I said, remember, brethren, who got that? What we need is a man who's not corrupt. Now they say, what we need is a man who doesn't spend money. You know, there's all kinds of things. I said, you have started again. No? So you don't learn. Eh? <laughs> I said, you don't learn. But I get to your knees and say, God, have mercy on us. Let's ask for our feet and pray like that. I wanted to say that at least seven times. Just say, Lord, have mercy on us. Just keep saying it. Lord, have mercy on us. Have mercy on us. Have mercy. We do not have hope in any human. Lord, have mercy on us. I want to hear you say, say everybody say after me, Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy on us. Lord, your judgment, remember mercy. Say, Lord, have mercy on us. Say it again, Lord, have mercy on us. Lord, have mercy on us. In your judgments, remember mercy. Lord, have mercy on us. Say, Lord, have mercy on your church. Cause us to love the truth. Now, what I want to say, we sound nice, but it's not actually nice. But it is necessary. Say, Lord, make us walk in truth. When I use the word make, it's not joking. If you walk in error, he will answer. Please, any preacher listening to me, listen well. Go and fine-tune your doctrine. Leave all these romantic doctrines alone. They are not necessary. Listen, let me give you another word of God. Any pastor that preaches to draw the crowd, God will close his church. If the aim of your preaching is to draw the crowd, they will go down. If you started with 10,000, whatever, 10,000 members, and you began to preach to increase them to 20,000, the purpose is the increase. They will go down within a year to less than 5,000. And then they will have within the next six months. Another half of that half will go within the next three months. One day you will look and say, what happened? Because you preach to draw the crowd. Go back and preach righteousness. And I'm not guaranteeing you any crowd. It is, you know, the word has taught us lies. Customer service. And it is church. You have to be a seeker-friendly congregation. I have no problem with being friendly to people who are seeking God. 
But the door tells them, say, the soul that sinned, you shall die. That's how to be nice. Talk lying to people that God accepts you the way you are. Read your Bible. Who did he accept the way they were? None. As soon as they come, say, go and sin no more. You think Mary Magdalene was following, following him about and still practicing? You think so? Like, lie. The moment they meet Jesus Christ, if I've stolen from anybody, I'm going to, re- I'm going to fourfold. But now what we have, pastors, their briefcase being carried by active 419 boys. If you're a thief and you carry my briefcase, God punish you in Jesus' name. Nestle. Don't want to have nonsense. Stay your lane. You make it look as if you're a church. No, church is not open for everybody. It's not true. You can walk in, we are not checking, but you walk in to repent. You walk in to repent. Say, come the way you are. Yes, come to the door the way you are. As soon as you cross, leave your rukuruku behind. We'll preach to you. If you don't want to change, please go outside to hellfire. Don't come here again. Ah. And, you know, we we'll preach this sick friend and also be nice to people. They now give them 30 minutes message. That's what Jesus is doing. Oh, when he preach, 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 food finish. They have to multiply food for guys to be able to eat to go back home. Be using common sense to try and advance the gospel. Anyway, like an egg, we say when there's no power, what else will we do now? There's no power, there's nothing. So we'll be using common sense. Say, God is not against you. God is on your side. He's not judging you. He's not judging you. He loves you. No matter what you've done, he loves you. I will tell you the other side of this truth. If you continue doing what you have done, you will die. If you continue doing what you have done, you will go to hell. The only chance is repentance. Repent and be saved. You cannot continue in your sins and tell me you are saved. You are lying. If we find you like that, we will give you over to Satan for the destruction of your flesh. But adventure, you will learn sense. Church go big. 90% are not Christians. If you are in church, you are continuing your crew. Judas is your portion. You see, you know what happens to Judas? He continues doing his evil until they couldn't change again. Until that iniquity had to be judged publicly. Let's pray again. Say, Lord, make us love the truth. Just say to the Lord like that. Say, Lord, rise up. Drive out your enemies. Cause us to love the truth. Purify your church in this land. Just say those words to the Lord. Say, Lord, purify your church in this land. This is the light of this nation. There is no hope for this nation apart from the church of Christ. Preaching the truth of Christ. Light has to shine in the darkness. That's what brings, that's what drives away the impact of the curse. Light shining from those who have been lifted away from the dominion of darkness, who are now in the kingdom of his dear son, in whom they have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Say, Lord, let your light shine through us. Begin to prophesy to the church. I want us to prophesy to the church of God. Now say, arise, shine. Or open your Bibles quickly because it's important. Isaiah chapter 60, quickly. I want us to prophesy to the church. Because you see, this is <laughs> it's not a joke. Oh. <laughs> We're going to read from verse 1 to verse 3. But I want you to understand. Why did I say all these things? This is the only hope. What did I say? Uh, who's asleep? What did I say? This is the only hope. What did I say? What did I say? This is the only hope. This is the only hope. We can be waiting for APC to unite with PDP and PDP to unite with Labour Party. <laughs> Any place you put your hope apart from in Christ, it will frustrate it. Any Christian looking to run somewhere to go and look for prosperity and stability, you have just looked for trouble. 
Look for Christ first. Be located in him, firmly rooted in him. Then let him locate you where he wants to be. There's no country that's a place of safety. There's none. There's no country that's a fountain of prosperity. There's none. If you're, if you're a child of God, you don't enter. What did I say? You don't enter. You know what it means? You have to follow God or follow God. There's no option. <laughs> some, people ran to, some people ran to UK. See, now they, salvation, the UK put them on play. Can not go to Rwanda? <laughs> Are you not aware? Those of you have not been following the news, you won't know what's happening. As of today, the first batch has reached Rwanda. So if you smoke yourself into UK, now they put it on the plane. Can you go to Rwanda? Free. It's a free flight. Don't worry about it. So if you're planning to go to Rwanda, just sneak, enter UK. <laughs> They go so relocated to Rwanda. <laughs> I really see that it makes me laugh. They say people will go swim across, they swim across the, the English Channel. When you reach, they say, welcome to Rwanda. <laughs> if you're not aware, go and read up. It's there, it's there. Just go, go to BBC News. You see it. They started it today. People say, it's immoral. I say, what is immoral? God is letting you know something. These are spiritual truths, man. Yeah, I'm telling you. <laughs> Rwanda will now process you, whether you're a real refugee or not. If they don't like you, they have the right to deport you. You just walk around this world just to go back to your father's house. Why? <laughs> and that is good. Isaiah chapter 16. <laughs> we are going to read from verse 1 to verse 3. Now, I want us to read it, then we'll... Then, okay, let's first read it, and then we'll prophesy to the church, all right? We are speaking to the church. Father God, empower these words. They are your words. Through them, we release your spirit into your body in this nation. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, let's read it. One, two, let's go. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness will cover the earth, and deep darkness the peoples. But the Lord will rise upon you, and his glory will appear upon you. Nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. Now, I want you to do something. Take this. You won't read it together. Just on your own. You have two minutes. In your mind, see the body of Christ, especially in this nation, and say this to her. He says, say to the cities of Zion, behold your God. Now, talk to the body of Christ. Talk to your church, the denomination from which you came. I want you to read this. You are, it's like you are giving instructions. He says, say to the cities of Zion, Behold your God. So that's what you are doing. You are instructing the church of God. You are saying, arise. Shine. Your light has come. Arise, shine. Body of Christ, your light has come. The glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Yes, darkness may cover the earth. Deep darkness may cover all the tribes of peoples and nations on this earth. He said, but you, church of Christ, the Lord will rise upon you, and his glory will appear upon you. Nations will come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. Nigeria will come to your light. The rulers will come to the brightness of your rising. You will walk in righteousness. Begin to use those words to speak to the church. You will walk in righteousness. You will walk in holiness. You will walk in the light of the Lord. You will walk in the light of the Lord. You will walk in the light of the Lord. Speak to the church. You will walk in the light of the Lord. You will walk in the light of the Lord. Every bit of darkness in you will be removed. 
in the name, I want you to prophesy to the church. Prophesy to the church. Arise. Shine. Arise. Shine. Arise. Shine. Say to the cities of Zion, behold your God. He said, come house of Jacob. Let us walk in the light of the Lord. For the Lord has abandoned his people. That is the truth. Why? They are filled with influences from the east. And they are soothsayers like the Philistines. They strike bargains with the children of foreigners. So this will bring an end to the idols in this land. The worshipping of the work of our hands. Which is the reason why the common man has been humbled. And the man of importance has been abased. Say in the name of Jesus, this will not be our testimony anymore. In the, begin to pray for the church. Now, I read that from Isaiah chapter 2. You can open there, Isaiah chapter 2 verse 5 and begin to profess to the church. Say, come house of Jacob. That's the body of Christ now. Let us walk in the light of the Lord. That just now he said, we will walk in the light of the Lord. We will walk in the light of the Lord. Look at what he said. Let me read it to you. He said, come house of Jacob. Let us walk in the light of the Lord. For you have abandoned your people. He was speaking to the Lord now. The house of Jacob. Why? Because they are filled with influences from the east. The people of the world has taught them things. They became soothsayers like Philistines. And they strike bargains with unbelievers, the children of foreigners. As a result, their land has been filled with silver and gold. And there's no end to their treasuries. Their land in this process has been filled with horses. And there's no end to their chariots. But their land also has been filled with idols. They worship the work of their hands. That which their fingers have made. As a result, the common man has been humbled. And the man of importance has been abased. Trouble has come upon them. He said, do not forgive them. Enter the rock and hide in the dust from the terror of the Lord and from the splendor of his majesty. The proud look of man will be abased. That's what God is doing. And the loftiness of man will be humbled. And the Lord alone will be exalted in that day. What are we saying? From Raphael said, house of Jacob, let us walk in the light of the Lord. Begin to prophesy over the church. Say in the name of Jesus, house of Jacob, the body of Christ, walk in the light of the Lord. Walk in the light of the Lord. From the midst of you, we remove influences from the east. We, re- we, we, we remove the soothsaying like Philistines. We remove all the agreements with children of foreigners, with unbelievers. We reject their gain. We reject their promotion. We reject their, you know, their economic advancement. They are dashing us, using it to entice us. But we walk in the light of the Lord. We will walk in righteousness. We will walk in holiness. Say, so as a result, this land will be cleansed. This land will be cleansed. That's the aim. This land will be cleansed. This land upon which we walk will be cleansed. Listen, we cannot talk to the devil until we have talked to ourselves. We cannot talk to the devil until we have talked to the Lord. Now say in the name of Jesus, Lord, have mercy upon us. Begin to pray to the Lord. Say, Lord, have mercy. Have mercy upon your church. Have mercy upon your people. Have mercy upon your church. Have mercy upon your people. Have mercy. Have mercy. Lord, we ask you for mercy upon this church. Arise, O Lord. Let every ungodliness be scattered out of the church. Listen, we say it again. Everyone who preaches for the purpose of drawing a crowd into his church, that church will dwindle in number in the name of Jesus. Everyone must learn this word. This is the word of the Spirit. You will preach the truth because it is truth. You will preach the truth because it is truth. You will preach righteousness because it is the will of God. You will preach holiness because of the anointing of the Spirit. You will not preach something to get your own carnal results. Not anymore. Those are influences from the East. That is so saying like Philistines. Henceforth, the church will be clean 
in the word she's releasing to her people and to the world in the name of Jesus. He said, come house of Jacob. Let us walk in the light of the Lord. We will walk in the light of the Lord. We will walk in the light of the Lord. We will walk in the light of the Lord. Father, we give you praise. Father, we give you praise. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed. You know, if you read Isaiah chapter 40, it makes it clear. If we do what is right, the glory of God will be automatically revealed. Did you hear that? The glory of God will be what? Listen, all these troubles in this nation, they will go down. Say amen to that. Amen. All this kidnapping on the highway, people are afraid to travel, it will come to an end. Amen. All these gunmen rushing into houses of worship, where people are relaxing and killing people recklessly, it will come to an end. Amen. All this kidnapping and beheading we see in some states around us, it will come to an end. Amen. All this looting of government funds, it will come to an end. Amen. Buying of votes, it will come to an end. Amen. It will come to pass in this nation. You will offer money for people to vote for you. They will spit in your face. In the name of Jesus Christ. This is where the Lord is going. Righteousness will tabernacle in this nation. First, it will rest in the church. The church will be the church indeed. Anyone who comes to church to come and look for money will miss his way. He will end up in a mosque. He will end up in a shrine. He will end up in a beer parlor. He will not be able to stay in church. This, our, this body of Christ in this land, Haba, it will be pure. Amen. It will be clean. Amen. See all those prophets that come, false prophets, bad Jesus. You know, all the sorcerers that have not, they've not given their lives to Christ. But they come because they think using the name of Jesus is how to make money. From now on, we scatter them. Amen. Anywhere they gather, that building will collapse. Amen. The people who follow them will be worse than them. Amen. Christians will not follow them. Amen. That is, they want to raise money from people. The people will lose their own money. Amen. After a while, they will respect them and go back to the shrine. Let, those who come to see Baba Lao, you see them. Those who are looking for the Lord, don't even, will refuse for you to pretend in the name of Christ. Amen. Let anyone that names the name of Christ be true indeed. Amen. And for those who are true believers, who are ministers of the gospel, purify your ways, because the Lord will arise and avenge himself of his adversaries. Amen. I say it again. Purify your ways. Oh. Start preaching the truth. Oh. Don't manipulate the people of God. Oh. Don't stop milking them. You can't come to church to come and preach a message because you need money. If you need money, there's nothing wrong with asking for money. Just stand up and say, brethren, I've been blessing you since. Abba, I'm hungry now. And God will bless you and bless those who give to you too. There's nothing... And the Lord spoke to me this morning. A special breakthrough is going to bring about some people. And the first 50, God will punish you. <clears throat> now, one in a day, oh, I've read the scriptures. God doesn't like to do it. That's why he wants. Those who manipulate with the word of God so as to serve Satan and serve mammon, your days are numbered, though. <clears throat> you are all witnesses. I have not withheld from you <laughs> the whole counsel of God. It is a lie for me to be telling, don't worry, God understands. He doesn't understand. His understanding has, it has finished. Yes. We have, exo- we have exhausted his patience. He do. It is enough. We declare again, this country will be sweet. Amen. Because the church will be pure. Amen. Because the ministers in the church, they will speak the truth. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's give the Lord thanks. Let us say, Father, we thank you. Let's say, Lord, we thank you. 
Let's say, Lord, we thank you. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Praise the Lord. Let's just give the Lord thanks. And what we're just saying, let's say, Lord, we have heard, we have ears. You know, the Bible says, let him that have ears, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Now say to the Lord, Lord, I have heard. Yes, say, Lord, thank you for bringing that word I have heard. It starts from there, from you hearing. And I receive grace to do. Lord, we give you praise. Thank you. We have ears. We do. We do. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. All right, let's be seated.